One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The TalkSport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent a Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hi there, I'm Danny Kelly and you're listening to the TalkSport Daily podcast, Andy Goldstein promises he'll be back tomorrow we'll see what actually happens now on today's show you'll hear all the fallout from the weekend's Premier League action as Liverpool extended their lead at the top of the table while Arsenal were beaten at home by Manchester City Jose Mourinho will also make an appearance on his podcast plus we'll hear from none other than the former heavyweight champion of the world George Foreman but first it's myself and Simon Jordan on the final word from Sunday evening talking Arsenal with callers and then a bit later you'll also hear from the Arsenal interim boss Freddie Lundberg all the Arsenal supporters, we're all punch drunk now. Because what we're looking at now has been happening for quite a while. These people, look, our, our owner's an American who knows nothing about soccer, football. Mm-hmm. The people he employs, the people he employs to buy our centre-halves and our centre-midfield players need to hang their head in shame. Because this is the problem, not managers, it's, quality, it's called quality of player. And the quality of player at Arsenal now has dropped, so we're dropping in the league. And that's the be-all and end-all of it all. We aren't going nowhere. All these supporters who are phoning in and saying about Ozil needs love. He needs a bit of what Martinelli's got, a bit of bottle, you know? That's yeah. what some of them need. And They need some energy. They need some pace at the back. We keep signing slow centre-half. Callum Chambers, Mustafi, Mertesackers, go on and on, Rapolding, all of them. They're all slow and weak. So they're getting found out. Give, Pete, you, you, probably, you probably know this, Pete, but Peter, you probably know this, but for the benefit of the other people listening to us, Arsenal's next five games, Simon, are away to Everton, mm-hmm. away at Bournemouth, Home games against Chelsea and Manchester United, then away to Crystal Palace. It doesn't get any easier, does it? It doesn't get any easier. But listen, we ain't just got problems in our defence. We've got problems in our midfield. The, 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 the combination of, of, of Zaka and Oatsil and, and these other weak players, it just don't work. You get found out in the Premier League. We need some, bo- some, we need some strength in there. We need some people with body strength. You see Ozil, they're talking about giving him love. Um, he should, listen, he's, he's, he's ripping our, our club apart with this 350 grand a week. For a man who had that attitude, he's like a baby lamb in the midfield where there's, there's, there's sharks and dinosaurs. And this is just one of Arsenal's problems. Not just our defence and midfield as well. There's bad times ahead, but all we need to do is start to employ people who know what good players look like. Simon, Simon, let me stop you. We can go to Ian Abrahams now. Yeah, I've got Freddie Lindbergh alongside me. Freddie, another home game and a home defeat. Um, This one was pretty done and dusted, really, after a quarter of an hour, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what's uh, difficult. Um, Yeah, they counted on us again. 
Um, like I said before, we have five, I think, and they have two uh, players in one of the transitions, and uh, they still score. They show the quality they have in that team, and uh, De Bruyne like that, it's uh, it's hard to uh, to defend against, and uh, he did obviously very good. Do you still make top four? Of course, that's our aim to get to to top four, but uh, it's a uh, a little bit of a rebuild at the moment, and uh, for me, it's a. Uh, I've stepped in to try to do the best uh, I, I can and try to help the, the club. And um, so far, I think we had a big step against West Ham. We played and we got top in Europe. Against Man City at home, we know in history, it's uh, very difficult for us. One on, quick on Mr. Ozil. It wasn't quite like Granit Xhaka, um, but he took his gloves off and kicked them up in the air. That, that's a bit of petulance. I mean, you can have a word with him about it? Yeah, no, of course, uh, something we need to d- discuss, uh, things like that. Um, the fans were not happy when he walked off either, so something we need to talk about. And finally, do you still want the job? I mean, you're you're in the job, a caretaker. I mean, Duncan Ferguson's had two jobs at Everton and we, two games at Everton. We keep saying, do you want the job full time? Do you yeah. still want the job? I mean, you know, it's uh, it's pretty stressful, Freddie. No, of course, it's it's full on. What I've said is like, um, I think it's important to take a decision either way. It doesn't, uh, I don't say it doesn't matter, but it's it's important, I think, to take a decision because we have Per Mertesacker, for example, the academy manager. He's doing two jobs in one. He's trying to help there. And I must say thank you to all the other staff as well. They're trying to help, but it, it's not so, um, yeah, we don't have maybe the people then in the right place. And I think it's better to make a decision and then we can go from there. Thanks for talking to us, Freddie. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Freddie Lundberg there after a difficult day here for Arsenal at the Emirates. Thank you very much, Ian Moose. Uh, Abraham's in uh, the tunnel there at Arsenal. And uh, I was watching Simon Jordan while the interview was going on, and I could see the the wheels in his brain starting to turn. Um, You're uh, like an old Kremlinologist. You know how he used to try and read between the lines of what the old Communist Party of the Soviet Union was putting out? And you were reading very clearly between the lines there, you think. Yeah, I do. I, I think, don't want to force you into something. I'm surprised. Um, but, but but listening to that interview, that sounds like an interview of someone that's going to get this job. It sounds like someone has got a, a vantage point that he has definite views. He's transmitting those views to whoever it is that's listening or, or supposedly running this football club. But my my take when I was listening to it was one of, this guy's going to get this job. That's He's what it sounds like. talking about long term. Well, just the manner in which you spoke. Now, you can always be brave when it's a, your temporary manager and you, sure. you you can make these sort of sound bites that sound as if they're very strident. But this this might be Freddie Lindbergh's style. But for me, reading between the lines, that sounded like somebody that was, that was really, seriously, significantly in the running for this job, which surprises me. Moving on to the Sunday exclusive, here's Mark Saggers, Ray Houghton and Danny Mills on Spurs and Deli Alley. His rise was linear, wasn't it? It just kept going up and up and up and up and up. And everyone just thought, oh, he's getting better and better. There was talk of Barcelona and Real Madrid and all these teams. And he was absolutely magnificent. He's going to have a dip at some point. And that's that's what it was. But Ray's right. He was starting to get his fitness back. He was starting to come back into it. And I'm sure Mourinho would have known that. He'd clearly spoken to a lot of people at the club. Because let's be honest, he didn't didn't get the job within 11 hours and, and have everything signed and sealed. So he, he would have had an idea about Deli Ali, what he was like, what he was going through. And, and maybe, you know, he just needed that, almost that kick up the backside, arm a sort of a... So it's, it's a strange one, that, isn't it? You know, it's, it's a bit of a laugh and a joke. You know, oh, is, is, that, is that your brother or are you the real Deli Ali? Staying with the mighty, mighty Lily Whites, here's the gaffer, the special one, Jose Mourinho, with TalkSport's Dave Rowe. Jose, well done. A late goal, always good to win late on. What were your views on the game? Incredible game. So, so difficult, so, so hard. 
only possible to win against such a good team when you are also a very good team. And you have to be a very good team also in the difficult moments. And uh, we had that difficult moment when they score. And we know the kind of team they are. They are not happy with the, with the draw. They keep going. They keep playing the, the way they play. So intense with so many fast and powerful players. It's really, really, really difficult. So we had to stay in the game. We had to, to not to lose the stability that we, that we showed, to cope with the difficult moments. And then we put ourselves in a position where in the last five, ten minutes, the game was broken and people was getting tired from, from both sides and uh, we could arrive in, in a situation where uh, we managed to win the game. Would you have been happy with a one-all draw the way that second half was going? Wouldn't be a drama. Wouldn't be a drama in relation to the game. Wouldn't be also a drama in relation to the table. Um, we wouldn't lose points uh, to, to Wolves because Wolves, they can say what they want, but uh, I think what they want is top four. Uh, they can say it's top six or top eight, N- not for me. For me, it's top four. Uh, so for us, a draw wouldn't be a drama, but of course, uh, it's fantastic victory. We, we go now, uh, I think, two points ahead of them. Uh, we go now three points behind uh, the fourth in, in the table. So we put ourselves in a, in a position where we were f- very, very far from it because uh, uh, three weeks ago, we were 12 points from the fourth. And in this moment, we are three points from the fourth. That does make the league table very interesting, especially as you face Chelsea next week. Yeah, we play, we play Chelsea next uh, week. Now we have to enjoy a little bit. Uh, the boys, they have for the first time in many, 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 many months, two days off, which is also very, very important because the work for us is being always difficult and intense. And there is no better way to, to go for a, a two days off with this positive feeling because the feeling is that we beat a very, very good team. Next up, it's the warm-up with Max Rushton and Andy Jacobs. And after serving his suspension, Andy got one last chance for redemption at the Culverhouse game. Here's how he got on. Now, Andy, don't let me down. I won't. Don't let the people down. No, I'm going to do my absolute best. The head of TalkSport actually said, you have to take this seriously. He said to me on Friday, (laughs) he says, Andy, I hope you will do Culverhouse properly. (laughs) I'm better at it. Okay, here we go. Hmm. Carl Shutt. Des Little. Mike Milligan. Trond Egil Saltved. Egil Ostenstadt. Fernando Nelson. No good. Mm. Good play. Chris Marsden. Eric Tinkler. Eric Backer. Dusty Hair. <laughs> Be in Culver <laughs> Never again. I couldn't think of any more. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I tried my best. Never again. Listen, you, you, you know, you, you gave it a good go, I Andy, did. considering what's happened before. Oh, but just, dusty I just, hair. I just couldn't think of any. Dusty. Else. Well, I mean, that's part of the game, isn't I it? Know, I know. Mean, I get it. I suppose the point is, I, I played it properly, but I lost. Yeah, but you, yeah. Did, you did play it properly. <laughs> I love how you said that with such meaning. (laughs) I did play it properly. It's like talking to a six-year-old playing Monopoly at Christmas. I played it properly and I lost. I'm disappointed with myself, Mm. but, you know, I've got Arsenal vow to do better. Will you resign now or are you going to hang on until the spring? (laughs) You're going to... A bit of a moment to reflect now, aren't you? I think so, yeah. A moment of reflection for Andy (laughs) Jacobs. Um, But your reaction, please, 8, 10, 89. I will do the football again. Guess the attendance. 
Oh, Andy, it was all going so well. Now on to the Trans Euro Express with Rob Daly, Andy Brassell and Kevin Hatchard. Here's some of the best bits from that mighty show. Andy and Kevin are with me tonight on TalkSport, gents. Great to have your company. And we're starting the show by talking about Carlo Ancelotti because he was let go as a Napoli boss in the week and he's been linked with posts at uh, in the Premier League with Arsenal and Everton. Uh, let's start with whether you think he would be a good fit. And we'll start with Arsenal after their 3-0 defeat to Manchester City today. Andy, do you think Carlo Ancelotti would be a good fit for Arsenal at this moment in time? I think there has been a lot of nonsense spoken about Ancelotti in the wake of him leaving Napoli, uh, about people saying he's a, a busted flush, something that I, I, I really don't agree with. On the other hand, is he a fit for Arsenal? My immediate reaction is no. I think um, in terms of the names on the shortlist, he's, he's far from the worst. Um, but at the moment, it feels as if Arsenal do need an experienced coach, but they need one who can rule with a bit of an iron fist, really. You know, it's an uh, undisciplined, disparate squad um, that's in need of direction, that's in need of probably a Luis Enrique-type figure. I know we touched on him before and we've touched on him before in recent weeks, and of course he's been linked with the Arsenal job in, in successive openings, um, lastly before he retook the, the, the Spain job. And someone who has a vision of football and has a vision of a, a, a particular way of playing football but can be brutal with players and can be straightforward with players and can be demanding I think that would be absolutely ideal and, and that's not Ancelotti I think in many ways people are saying he's outmoded and he's a tactical dinosaur those things aren't true what he is though is a coach for a certain type of situation and he's someone who worked at Real Madrid at least in terms of getting him getting La Decima which they, they desperately wanted because he's a kind of posh Vicente del Bosque someone who is a caretaker of big egos um, someone who likes to play attacking football with good players but when you're in a situation where you need reorganisation where you need someone to crack the whip where you need intense training that's not something that he does. Ancelotti is a, a guy who treats his players like adults. He expects them to motivate themselves. He expects them to be ready. Are Arsenal in that situation at the moment? No, they're a long way from it. And it was that hands-off approach that I think really cost him a buy-in in the end. Because if you look at how high the bar had been set by Pep Guardiola in terms of the input that players required and expected in terms of tactics, in terms of how they should look after themselves, in terms of the intensity of training, the difference was okay to start with because I think Frank Ribery, for example, came out and said, well, it's so great not to be micromanaged anymore. But in the end, the players grew tired of it. And there were stories about them organising their own training sessions um, because they felt it was just so hands-off under Ancelotti and that did for him in the end talk about the Arsenal job the name that jumped out at me and it's only speculation at this stage but somebody like Marcelino because I just think Arsenal do need that iron fist they do need somebody who'll give them some tactical stability they need somebody that will make it quite difficult to play against Arsenal because the one thing about Arsenal at the moment is it's far too easy, as we saw against Manchester City today, far too easy to play against them. Marcelino would bring discipline in terms of diet, in terms of the intensity of training, and in terms of 
just having a basic shape. And he worked wonders with Valencia. He worked wonders with Villarreal before that. And I actually think, even though he wouldn't be a fashionable choice, he might not be a popular choice initially, I actually think he could do a terrific job. And we can rewind now to Saturday night, and here's Fight Night with Gareth A. Davis and Spencer Oliver. And they were joined by none other than the great former world heavyweight champion, George Foreman. Listen to this. You knew exactly the template for Anthony Mm. Joshua to develop as a boxer. And that's not an easy task he took on because he had to let go of a lot of his own things, tried and stayed a course. He did it. He boxed. And one thing, sooner or later in life, every fighter is going to have to learn to box. And I, I, I was certain there he was ready because this is a strong puncher. To avoid someone that long took a lot of self-control. I'm still proud of that. What did you learn about Anthony Joshua last week in that performance? That not only he's a good fighter and a qualified fighter and a champion, but he's also pure boxer. He's a puncher. He's got a lot of knockouts to prove that. But the man is now labeled boxer puncher. He's put the whole package together now. I learned that. Yeah, George, I wish I had spoke to you the week before the fight because myself and Anthony Joshua go back a long way. I've known him from the first day he put on a pair of gloves and I was one of the guys that thought it was going to be too soon for Anthony Joshua. I thought that going into the immediate rematch was not a great idea. I thought at some point he would have to stand there and fight and that's where Ruiz would come out victorious. But he showed that he could stay disciplined and for the whole 12 rounds and he proved a lot of people, including myself, wrong. And I thought that that makes it an even more impressive victory. I was more than impressed. Talk about the markers. The markers of Queensberry rules. He ruled that sport. That night, he was the man. Can I just ask you, will it be a travesty in this era if these three don't all fight each other? Because it does seem that they're being held apart a little bit by, by their promoters or whoever it is. Would it Because boxing is very healthy, because the world is fascinated in these three giant men potentially going to war with each other in a ring. It, surely it'll be a travesty if they don't fight. Yeah, it, we will all miss something special if we don't see those, especially these three fighters, tops. And now uh, uh, Ruiz is in the mix. Mm. Joshua, I'll box him. Let's see who will come to him and fight him. He's in the mix now. And so I think it would be a loss in boxing if we don't see these guys match up together. George. Especially uh, Wilder and Joshua. Yes, absolutely. Well, we, we're saying especially Fury and Joshua because we believe that will be the biggest single event, sporting event in this country since England won the World Cup in 1966. It would just be... You better believe it. it Boy, it, you better believe it. Wouldn't that be something? I think that's, I think that's just too much to ask for, though. That's just too much. Well, as I said, I'm, I might be kicking Spencer out of the studio for that event, and I'm getting you to come over and work with me instead, George. <laughs> but he, he knows that anyway, that if you come in, he moves. Um, oh, but, no, let's get three chairs. There we go, there we go. You You're such a politician. I love it. I'm Alan Brazil, and this is TalkSport Daily. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for... Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. This is Tony Cascarino on the Weekend Sports Breakfast with Georgie Bingham on the Liverpool-Watford game, which was live on TalkSport. I was very nervous about Watford because they caused Liverpool a lot of problems in the first 45 minutes. Well, I went to work and missed... So the last 20 minutes I didn't, I wasn't able to kind of pay full attention to because I was at work by then. But I was really impressed by Watford, actually, just oh. in terms of the fact they couldn't buy a goal. I mean, in the, I, from what I saw, you know, they're really, the goals are going to be hard to come by for them. But being more organised and being more resilient is the first job any new manager has yeah. to do. And we did talk about it yesterday, and I thought, no nonsense, Nigel Pearson, that would be the first thing he'd try mm. and address. They did, and uh, Decore missed a great chance, Saar missed a great mm. chance. Delefeu calls Liverpool a lot of problems because he runs in behind and he always wants to take players on. He's very good at it. Um, so there was a lot... I mean, I, Delefeu, I could see in the Liverpool team. You know, we talk about players that Liverpool might look further down the line. I know he's been at Barcelona or Everton, but he's that type of player that would fit perfectly into their system. He might, he probably wouldn't make the starting lineup, but like Shakiri, he could come in and do a fabulous job because he really hurts you. And he's in a side like Watford this season. And I've seen, I saw him at West Ham, and I thought he was terrific on the day. That was probably about eighteen months ago. He really caught the eye of his ability, um, and he's sort of a wasted talent in some ways. Because he turns it on and off, and players like that can get lost later on in their career. Uh, but they had, they certainly could have got something out of the game in the first four or five minutes by their performance. And now to the Glory Hunters podcast, which is available first thing every Monday morning, which means it's available right now, people, right now. In this week's podcast, it's a clash between North and South London as James Gill's Crystal Palace take on Mark Dolan's Spurs. And Mark has a very simple formula to work out which is the bigger club. Well, I think the best way to judge a club is not trophies, it's celebrity fans. And Tottenham boasts Salman Rushdie, the controversial and exciting... I mean, there were many times when Salman Rushdie was more exciting than Tottenham. But the bottom line is, you've got Rushdie, you've got Paul Young, Davro. I don't even have to go for a first name, that's how big Davro is. And my favourite thing, I I must admit, I was looking up uh, famous Spurs fans, and uh, on this list it said Ian Duncan Smith, and then he was described by this website as Tory Ideas Man, which is one description. (laughs) 
captain. What is the identity of a club? It's not the captain. It's not the manager. It's the chairman. Daniel Levy, such a ruthless negotiator. If he negotiated Brexit, the EU would have given us a free trade deal and Belgium. <laughs> the guy is a proven winner. And the ultimate proof that Tottenham is the bigger club is the catering. And it's the fact that I've been to Palace and it's a fabulous London ground and it's an iconic club. But your burgers are available with, with cheese or without squirt mu mustard. At the uh, new White Hart Lane, you get pulled pork. So there's all different animals under one bun. That's what you're paying for with Spurs. <laughs>